Welcome to the 10th episode of the Career Thrivers Podcast. This is a really, really special episode, and I appreciate all of you for hanging out with me over the last few episodes. I have learned so much during this entire process and look forward to continuing along the journey. This wasn't our original plan for (laughs) the 10th episode of the podcast, but like many things this year, um, we have pivoted our plans and we're learning to be more flexible professionally, personally, um, across the board. And so with that, I believe that although this wasn't originally planned as our 10th episode, I believe it's extremely fitting. So today is June the 9th, 2020. It's a Tuesday. And yesterday, last night, I had the pleasure of facilitating a conversation on women supporting Black women. And it was a roundtable conversation with some just brilliant, amazing Black women and allies about how do we move from saying that we support Black women to having visible impact? How do we walk the talk, right? And so we had such an awesome conversation and I was sitting here literally about to send out the, we had it on Zoom, about to send out the Zoom replay and I thought, hmm, I probably could upload this on the podcast and send it out um, easier for people to be able to listen to that registered, that weren't able to join, people that were able to join that want to re-listen. And also, I think the conversation was so powerful and so insightful that if you had no idea that the conversation was even happening last night and you wanted to glean from some of the insights and just the heart of women that are really committed to making this more than a moment, to really doing the work to make this a sustained movement, then I think you'll gain a lot from listening to this replay. So I want to share it with you all. And I want to say thank you so much again to all of the just amazing women that shared so transparently. You know, my goal was really to facilitate a conversation to create a brave space where people felt okay to transparently share. I believe that that's where learning happens. That is the the the, the foundation that's required for true transformation to happen. Um, you've got to create a space where people don't feel judgment and, and, and they feel like you know, we, we can learn and, and part of learning is actually unlearning and being challenged and relearning. And so I know that that was what I took away. I have about eight pages of notes um, from the conversation. I learned so much. So again, thank you to all of the women that were a part of the live discussion that shared so transparently. I want to share just a couple of quotes that I wrote down, things that I were like really was like, okay, that, that, that's good. <laughs> and there were many of them. So I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a post um, and we'll, we'll post this on the career thrivers page and I'll post it on my social personal social media as well at Brittany in Cole um, on Instagram and also on LinkedIn. But um, we entitled this conversation. I see you sis, which if you're not familiar with that language um, it, it is, essentially a call that says, not only do I like see you in the natural, like I see you standing in front of me, um, but it is this 
affirmation, I think is the, probably the best word for it, that all of me is being seen, right? Not just the parts that may be acceptable or permissible in a certain space, but that I'm seen beyond, my exterior is seen, but I'm even seen beyond the exterior. So there are probably better ways to describe that. But if you're not familiar with like, why well, I, I see you, okay, like I get that. You know, if you're like, what does that mean? Um, that's that's a that's a drop in the bucket in terms of what that means when you see that. So um, it is my hope that all of the women that were part of the conversation felt seen. I know I felt very seen on, on the call as well. And so quotes like, you know, allyship means creating space, opening the door and making me feel okay to be there. Extremely powerful. Um, use your voice as well as your finances to support Black women. I think that's that's a that's a great um, a question was asked about you know what what's the next step what can allies do to be supportive of Black women and I thought that that was a a fantastic answer um, I love this one as well allyship is about intentionality over proximity how intentional are you in your connection with Black people so it's not enough to just be close or to have a Black friend or to work with a Black person how intentional are you in cultivating the relationship and making a meaningful connection. What resources out are out there to share with diverse talent for retention? You'll hear a lot of conversation about diversity and inclusion in the workplace and opportunities to go beyond just recruiting Black talent, but actually cultivating a culture with which they believe that they belong there, which is the work that we do with career thrivers. And so I love that that came up on the call as well. So listen, check out this replay, share it with a friend, share it with a coworker, and let us know your thoughts. We have a Facebook page for the Career Thrivers podcast, or you can send me an email or direct message on social media. Would love to hear from you. Lastly, I will invite you to a part two conversation that we're having on allyship. So on June 19th, which is Juneteenth, if you're not familiar with Juneteenth, I encourage you to look that up so that you are aware of the significance of that date. But on that date, I invite you to join us for a conversation on allyship. So you can head over to careerthrivers.com, click on the allies tab. If you hover over that tab, you'll see a link that says becoming, a button that says becoming on the menu. You click that button, register. It's free to join. We are working. We're about 10 days out <laughs> to make this um, as expansive and as impactful as possible uh, relative to really modeling what you'll hear in this replay, which is a brave space for people to really um, share. We'll also do a, a bit more of, of curriculum context as well to um, really help with the awareness around allyship, the actions what it looks like and why it's so critically important. So listen, thank you all again for hanging out with me. This is our 10th episode and I invite you to listen in, grab a notebook, grab a pencil, take some notes. Let me know what sticks out to you during this conversation on women supporting Black women. And y'all, I'm so excited about this conversation. So I'm just admitting, I think we had about 66 registrants. Um, I also have Instagram live going on. So 
if people weren't able to register, but they want to join the conversation via social, I'm going to try to keep up with that too. Um, but I'm really, really excited. So thank you all so much as you all are coming in. Thank you so much for joining. This is the women becoming, women supporting, um, I have a becoming ally curriculum that I'm working on. So that's in my mind today. But this is the Women Supporting Black Women Roundtable. So really, really excited to have you all join in this conversation. Let me put this in gallery view because listen, this, this is a roundtable. So if you are, as you all are coming in, um, one, I just want to say thank you. Um, I love starting. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> I love starting with, with gratitude. And let me just say, like, I, um, I've kind of been a little blown away by, by the response. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for um, making a commitment to the conversation and showing up, sharing your time. Um, I don't have a lot pre-planned. Um, so let me just kind of start by saying, um, one, again, thank you all so much for, for joining this conversation. Um, my goal is that this is just that. So um, I called it a round table. I don't have any slides. <laughs> I don't have anything to share. There are no speakers uh, per se. This is really meant to um, really be a time where, and I know you all have been seeing the, the posts um, that have been happening around, you know, I'm a black woman and supporting black women. And there've been all of these um, really, really great organizations that have been, um, uh, what is the language that's being used right now? Um, elevating melanated voices and, you know, all of the things. And I think, that all of those things are really great. Um, they're 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 awesome. I hope that they continue. Um, you know, in addition to that, uh, one of my main questions today is like, how do we really kind of move from saying we support Black women um, to really having some some visible impact? So that's that's why we're here. Um, hey, if you all are watching on. Um, Instagram. Um, we're over on Zoom, so you can catch the link in the bio and, and join us. Um, Y'all, can I just start by saying, like, I've had a really rough day today. <laughs> like, literally, like, today has been one for the books. Like, I'm like, I'm not even, like, I, it's, it's been rough. Today has been rough. But um, this has been the conversation that I've been looking forward to. So, so welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for being here, for being a part of this conversation. Um, the other thing that I that I will say, um, just to kind of kick us off, is I want to facilitate. So if you are, I know some people are in their car. I got some emails of um, some people on Eastern Standard Time that got the time zones mixed up and all of that. Um, I hope that you could at least like unmute and kind of share as we kind of talk through. Um, I just have a few prompts, but definitely want to um, get your thoughts. Um, I'm Brittany, I guess I probably should have started with that. Hello, uh, but this conversation really isn't about me, but I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you saw the post and you're like, hey, I, I'm, I'm with that conversation, but I don't know who you are. Um, Brittany Cole, native of Nashville, I'm here in Nashville. I own a leadership development firm um, and we do work around diversity and inclusion and just really helping companies cultivate a culture where everyone believes that they belong regardless of their difference. And so um, again, tonight is really about helping just to kind of facilitate a conversation of what is it what does it look like to support Black women? What do we as Black women need um, in terms of support? And I think the other part of this conversation that I know um, has generated some interest is, you know, I've had quite a few um, leaders and also just kind of, I guess, like organizations reach out around like 
you know, what does allyship look like and how do we help? And I know, like I have written down right now, uh, these were the words that the lady said on the conversation. Um, I feel powerless. I don't know what to say. I feel damned if I do, damned if I don't. And I wrote that down because I think, um, you know, that's also a very real sentiment. So let me just open it up with this. I mean, if anyone wants to share, um, and hello to you all on, on Instagram, we're on Zoom, so join us down here. Um, let me, let, let's start by kind of just, there's a lot going on. So if you're in Nashville or, or surrounding areas, you know, we've had a tornado, we've had, um, um, of course, a, a health crisis, um, and also um, are, are in the midst of what many of us, I think, would say isn't new, but um, a, a racial pandemic. And so there's a lot happening. And if you had, you know, a day like I had today, you're just like, oh my gosh, I think we probably could all do a collective like, so let me just throw it out here to you all in terms of like, with everything that's going on, kind of how has all of this impacted you? I'm curious to kind of hear some thoughts relative to how others are processing all of this. And feel free to introduce yourself as you come off mute and share. I see some familiar names and faces, so I'm just going to click on this participants tab. If we need to break the ice, we can do that. <laughs> I'm here. I'm Brittany Hall. How is everyone this evening? Hi. Thanks, Britt, for having this conversation. Um, I, the, I, was, uh, I got a really, really sweet email today from um, one of our program managers at United Way, and he is a white male and he just basically sent an email just saying that um, it was really short, but he was just saying, you know, that letting me know that he was here to um, support me, that he um, was thinking of me during this time and just really commending me on the work that I do for the organization and letting me know that he is doing his best to um his exact words are to dig in and pick apart policies and understand where he can be useful as a white ally. And, um, and I wrote back with all sincerity that I was so appreciative of his acknowledgement, his understanding, um, and that I, and that the last couple of weeks have really, really been tough. Um, just as a, as a black person and also just as a, a black woman in the workforce and, uh, dealing with a, you know, organization that is predominantly white, and we do work a lot in the Black community, so it's just been really tough and trying, but getting words like that from other friends and people who really are genuinely sincere and not doing this performative allyship is super, has been super helpful and been really just uplifting, and so while it's been a hard couple of weeks, you know, um, things like that kind of help to shift the tone um, and the mood. So other, I, I've, I've been doing okay. Let's just say I've been doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. Anyone else have any thoughts? Yeah, I'll share. Hey, Brittany. Hey, ladies. Um, thank you for this. First of all, Brittany, um, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, because I know we're, we are not monolithic, that all of our experiences are, are different. And even just our journey with, you know, the activism for our generation, I'm a millennial. So um, the awakening for me really happened with Trayvon. 
um, you know, being a new mom and all of that and having a son, my daughter, all of that. Um, so we were marching then. That was our introduction to this and really like put a lot of energy and, and, and voice and, and action behind it. And so, you know, as the subsequent cases came, because there's been so many that have even today, you know, came up and my husband came home and he was, you know, he's not very emotional, but he was so emotional. Um, it, 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 it's impacted us, but I think because with our journey with this is a little, um, we're burnt out like a lot of us are, right? But I think we've, this time that it's at our doorstep, our conversation is different than it was when the Trayvon case happened. Even though we were aware of racism and my husband's been profiled, he's from Georgia, the backwoods to Georgia Red Clay. So him and his brothers, uncles, you hear all the stories, we know them. Um, but I feel a little bit guilty sometimes because I'm buffered. You know, I report into a black woman. Um, I'm in Atlanta where I stay. There's a lot of black people. Um, and I feel really loved and safe right now. So I see, you know, how angry we are rightfully so, but right now I'm in such a cocoon of love. And the woman that I report into was like, Jasmine, I'm staying home this week. Last week, you ain't going to see my ass in the office or online. And I was like, okay, good. Because I can tend to my kids, my husband. It's just been emotional. So this season with this, it's been a lot of energy in the city. Um, but in my home, it's been peaceful. And, you know, the employer that I I, I do work with has been um, very authentic and intentional and definitely my boss has. So that's been my experience. I'm actually rested right now. I, I feel good. And sometimes I feel a little guilty for that. Although I'm doing other things, you know, with my donations and signing petitions. So um, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? Kind of, what are you thinking? How are you? I don't want to say how are you coping, but kind of how is how is all of this impacting you? Like, what what thoughts are top of mind? What questions um, do you have? Well, I'll go ahead again. <laughs> My biggest question, Brittany, and you can probably help or anybody else is, you know, a lot of the messages I get in my LinkedIn are about around strategy and what can we do and all of that. And I sit in town acquisition, human resources, and there's some things that, um, that I help with on strategy to get talent there, but I don't, I'm not versed in once they're there, is it safe for them to, mm -hmm. you know, the retention plan of these diverse um, candidates that we're calling it. It's really on the inclusion part because the talent is there, but I don't have the expertise on really, um, you know, what does that look like when they get there, you know? And so for me, I'm just looking for, um, I guess, resources or where to point. I have you for sure. That's, <laughs> but what it like as an action item, what does that look like? You know, because a lot of them reached out to me because they know me um, as one of their their black colleagues in their network. I mean, no, she's black in leadership. Hey, girl. Yeah, in leadership, <laughs> yeah. 
and you can you can get me to the right person in charge that makes the approvals whatever whatever but i'm just like i really i want this to be a substance like i want this to matter i don't want this to be a flash in the pan so what does that mean what do those resources look like you know yeah. and where to point people to and so I have like four messages in my link LinkedIn where it's, I haven't replied because I want it to mean something when I reply <laughs> and I want to give substantial like resources or people that can really dig in with them. Yeah. Anyone else? Like, what do you feel like you need right now? Kendra? Yeah. Hey everybody. Uh, my name is Kendra Doss. I am calling in from Los Angeles. Um, and I actually um, wanted to, to speak to, I believe it was Jasmine, I think her face went away. I think that was where her face was. <laughs> um, but um, I actually also work in human resources myself. I'm, I guess, a workerpreneur, um, have a coaching and consulting business, but I do work in uh, human resources. And one of the areas that I specialize in is the retention factor. And so that is actually something that I believe has to also happen within of holding these companies accountable with actual plans to where they are shifting and changing their culture. You know, like ultimately the easiest way to say what keeps a black professional, a person of color, or any good talent there is that they feel that they are taken care of, you know, that there is equitable pay, that they are being, um, you know, they have opportunities for leadership and development that they can, um, you know, have maybe some sort of mentorship depending on the area or the the, the, the progression that they're in within their careers, um, that they have opportunity to actually do meaningful work, um, that they have some level of recognition, that there is some level of engagement, um, you know, and so those are the things that I work on internally with companies, um, but it can be hard sometimes because oftentimes you have to show that this is actually a direct impact to your bottom line and it's not just about um you know bringing in cookies and snacks but uh you know that it's something that actually needs to be a bit more um something more of substance and so kind of piggybacking a little bit on what um, you know, Jasmine mentioned, I believe that those are the things of how to actually retain and keep people because when on the other side of it, when people are leaving, you know, those are the things that they're mentioning, you know, that their managers don't pay attention to them, that they don't really feel like it's a, a safe culture or where they really felt like they can be heard or speak up um, or have a voice. And so those are the things that really, um, you know, require the, the company themselves to actually do the work to change their cultures. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I see some comments um, here in the chat. I know everyone's, it's evening, so I know we're everywhere. But yeah, Tina was echoing being taken care of, recognition, engagement, and respected, some level of consideration. Yeah, that's, um, that's the huge part of it. And I know sometimes when those conversations come up, especially now, there's this, you know, um, I call it sexy language that we're all talking about right now, which is allyship. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what does that mean to you? And I want to, I want to um, approach this from both angles in terms of, you know, for the black women that are on the call, what do you wish allies knew? And then for the allies that are on the call, what is it that you wish you had more insight on or what, or what questions do you have? Or what do you wish that you knew that would kind of help you um, kind of navigate? 
So allyship, any, any thoughts? Like, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind when you hear that word? Hey, Brittany, it's Ashley Bond. How are you doing? Good, how are you, Ashley? I'm in the car and I'm driving, so I hope you can hear me okay. Yes, you're perfect. Okay, so to me, allyship goes back to something I think was said during the conference. It's, to me, it's about creating space, and that really, really resonated with me. If it's space at the table, space you know, at the luncheon, if it's space for my ideas, um, all of that really resonated with me. Allyship to me is about opening a door uh, for a place that I've never been before and, and making me feel okay to be there. And I think that's something that I've seen um, done for me in pockets of my career. And um, it, it is endearing. And I want to work harder for that person or that organization when I see it. Um, what was the second part of your question? Is there anything that you wish allies knew? Uh, anything I wish my just how much it's appreciated how how rare it is I, I, I don't know that there are you know a, a ton that I would say are you know true I could count on you for anything type allies but I appreciate it so much and and um, the freedom the access the uh, it is just appreciated and it makes me want to give all of my creativity. I will hold back if I feel like I don't have an ally. That's all. Hey, Brittany, this is Christy. Hey, Christy. So um, I think one thing that I found that's been essential and, and something that we need from allies. And, and I think this is something that's a two-way street. There's some responsibility on their end and some responsibility on our end. But particularly the higher you go in an organization, having a social or personal connection to people becomes much more important. Um, it's, it's critical. If there gets to be a level that quite honestly, I believe it's impossible to pass without having those random hey how's the kids how's the family what you do this weekend what concert are you going to kind of conversations and there tends to be a hesitancy on the part of i think first on the part of white women sometimes and quite honestly also on the part of black women to create those those personal relationships but we all know and we've all heard and i think it's it's very true it oftentimes isn't just what you know it's who you know and having those connections can prove invaluable when you are looking to have that, not only that seat at the table, but that voice in the room, when you want to be considered for other projects, for promotions, for things like that. Um, you know, having been in so many of those conversations, you find that hiring managers don't just bring up the people that do great work, they bring up the people that they think are just cool, fun people that they can get along with. So there is a, a joint responsibility to really culture, and, or excuse me, um, nurture and develop those personal relationships within the workplace because they, they pay off in ways that so many people don't realize. I heard a really, I heard a really great um, quote the other day and it talked about how um, 
when iron sharpen when iron sharpens iron, it's really about um, it's really about intentionality over proximity. And sometimes I feel like with allies, because they have a black coworker or a black friend and they're in close proximity, that that suffices. But in actuality, that's great. But what's your what is the authentic intention? I think it need, there needs to be authentic intentionality behind the relationship um, that you have. So that's one thing that I wish, um, you know, that I hope that my white ally, that my allies will be able, that they can understand that, that this is a really an iron sharp and iron moment, but I need you to be close. I need you to be authentically intentional and not let it just be about the proximity. Hey, Brittany. Mm -hmm. Hey, I wanted to kind of share, um, as you talk about allies, I wanted to share kind of from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, and hello, everyone on the call. Um, I'm Ashley, and I have a, a local magazine here in Nashville. And so for me, in regards to thinking about allyship, a lot of that also has to do with not just making it, you know, when you're approaching corporations, you're approaching businesses, that it's not about, oh, wow, I get to help you, or it's just kind of this little thing that I can do and I'll put it over and it's just a DNI type of thing, or it's just a whatever kind of small initiative, but we're a business, we offer the same types of services, we can provide the same types of things. And so being able to um, have everyone on that kind of same level playing field, because a lot of times when um, especially if you're a um, minority owned business or a person of color, it's kind of lumped into this one space. And so um, everyone has to pull from this one piece of money or everyone has to do, you know, this one type of thing. And so yet we're offering the same types of services that can be across the board. And so allyship, a lot of times, um, and I think Brittany may have mentioned it, Brittany, not Brittany Cole, but I think it's Brittany Hall. Um, in regards to friend versus ally. And um, it's interesting because I was talking to a business colleague today and a friend is, you know, they can be empathetic and they can be sympathetic and that's so great. However, being an ally means there's sacrifice in there, they're speaking up in there. Um, and there's an opportunity to, you know, share, like she said, a real authentic um, perspective because at this point, just kind of saying and doing and being nice, I think we've moved past that. And so um, being able to actually speak up, um, creating different circles of influence, and again, providing opportunities that are just straight opportunities. It doesn't have to be around um, the fact that you're a diverse business or whatever, you're just a business. Um, and you're a business that can do great work. You're a big business that's of excellence. And um, that should be at the forefront. So um, just wanted to kind of share that perspective, um, especially as a, business owner here in Nashville. Hey, Brittany, yeah. um, this is Destiny. I would also like to add that allyship is more than just a pet project. Like it's not something that you can just pick up and put down to the side. It's something that has to be constant and consistent. And um, I know I've been seeing this all over social media, like right now it's the thing to do. Um, but what happens when it's no longer the thing to do? And when you, and it's not everyone doing it. So now it's going to become even more uncomfortable than it was before. Um, but also I think that comes as a black woman, we also have to grant grace because I've seen a lot of things like, oh, now you speak up. And 
sometimes I do think that, well, now you speak up, but I also have to remember for some people, this is the first time they've ever seen injustice. You know, it's always just been a, a black person's word against what they've been taught and believe. And they thought, you know, there was never anything wrong with society because they never experienced it. Um, and so I think at the beginning, you had asked, how are we feeling? And I think that is like torn. It's torn of my feelings towards the situation, torn on is your allyship real or for show, torn on should I be angry or should I show compassion? Um, should I be understanding or should I be real of I'm tired? Um, and so a lot of confusion in trying to process. Um, I will also say I am an empath and I have worked in counseling, so I always have to digest everything and think everybody's thoughts. However, um, sometimes you have to put your own thoughts up front. And so I've just noticed that going through and seeing other people is that I've seen that there's been a lot of people who really want to be allies, but then they feel scared because a lot of people are like, oh, now you want to step up. And so I'm trying to show grace on like being understanding for them, their world has never seen this. For us, this is everyday life. This is nothing new to us. And we've been asking for people to stand up. We don't need you to, to really speak for us, but please, open the door and allow us to have that spot at that table so we can speak for ourselves. Like your voice is important, but ours is even more important because this is our experience. Um, allyship. And I think that's what people have to understand about allyship is that as a black woman, this is my experience, not your experience. And I want you to speak on my experience that I have told you, but please allow me the opportunity to speak it myself because it means more. It's like when you read a biography, you can read a biography and it's like, oh, that's nice. But when you hear someone tell their own story and write their own autobiography, it's like you can feel the blood, sweat and tears that's been put in it. So if you have that position as an ally, allow people to share their own personal stories instead of you trying to speak for someone. Love it, love it. I'm curious, I'm gonna push back Destiny and, and thank you for sharing. Um, I won't push back, I'll add. You know, sometimes there's this thought that when the door is open for us as black women to tell our own story that it's at the expense of having to educate everyone else in the room that doesn't look like us so i'm curious i think you hit my sentiment on the head destiny when you said the word torn because there is this <laughs> it almost feels sometimes like you're like a rag doll, like in between like anger and appreciation, like, thanks for reaching out, but why'd you say it like that? Or like, you know, I'm really glad you said something, but like, what? You want me to come and do what? You know, so I'm just curious, you know, and throwing this out here to the group, like, how do you all balance, you know, being the only or being um, invited to a room where you're one of few and then feeling like you have the responsibility to educate everyone in the room, whether it's your story or just like, here's the history or here's why, but like there's this kind of teaching moment that's taking place um, versus maybe it being, you know, more balanced in terms of people coming to the room, having read the first page, you know, of the book. And then let's talk about what you read versus like, let me teach you about the history of our country. Like what, what, what are you all thoughts on that? I think I it depends on the room. <laughs> Go ahead, Monsheree. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Monsheree Holmes Jones with Mojo. My thing is, is I never, I never like being the only one in the room. I, it, it actually makes me question the whole room. So, and 
this is not that any people are intentionally bad. Some people be like, you should be grateful that you can bring people through the door. No, it makes me question the whole foundation of me being the first one, the only one, you know. So then I start questioning the layers of the organization, right? So I like rooms when I see multitudes of us. Um, but if it's only three of us, I still feel better. So when I go into a room and I am the only one and, it, and I've been invited as such, I then look at, like, I try, I literally will dissect it down to the T. Like, how did I get invited? Wait, who, who, who referred me to who? Okay, well, she did this because of that. Because I want to be as empathetic as possible, right? But I have never went into, unless I see a strong interest, um, trying to explain my culture to any other culture. And that's, you know, that's not a disservice. But if you ask me to refer you to another uh, person who can do something, that you're looking for, I'll do that immediately. But as far as culture teaching or telling them what's the best way to do something, unless they come and ask that question, I don't take the time in that space to do that. I really take the time in that space to figure out what this is and why is it like this? So that then I can define if I need to go tell a couple other folks, hey, you should meet this one or should I make some more connections so they can have more black folks in the space. Um, I try to take time to look at that organization or that group or whatever to figure out, you know, what, what's the hink? Why am I the only one? Maybe three people didn't show up. You know, I, I do try to go the empathetic route first before I try to explain. But like most of us, I've received many messages through DM, through folks that I look to as good people and people I admire in some kind of way that are not African-American who are saying, I want to say something, but I just want to make sure I don't you know, say the wrong thing. And I feel the angst of that. But I also feel like in that moment, I can't articulate to you uh, what I want you to say. You see what I'm saying? So I, I've, I've been a little far removed because I feel like we all have to come to goodness. And this is what the ultimately needs to be done, both in workplaces, in environments, in communities, on your own. And goodness shows up no matter who you are. There's so many people that they could say something. Don't define any other culture. You sh nobody should be able to do that. But I feel like there's so many people that can say whatever they want and it could come off wrong, right? And I understand their nervousness of even putting something because they don't want to offend. But I would rather you say it from where you are and for what you really feel. And, you know, God will take over. And I'm going to put God on that because I don't feel like, you know, I should be telling you what to say. Um, but I'm different because I feel like that should be something that comes from the heart. Hi, Brittany. This is LaDonna. How are you? I'm well, LaDonna. Thank you for joining the conversation tonight. Sure, sure. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, Monsheri and just piggybacking on that, even addressing your conversation about your question of being the only one. Um, I've been the only one for a long time. So I have been in corporate for over 20 years. And so what I've seen is that people just don't know. I mean, they really just don't know. So when I get an invitation to say, hey, you know, LaDonna, can we, you know, have lunch or something? And can you explain some things to me? Because I feel like I may have offended or I, there's just something I don't understand. Um, can you help me with that? And then when I look back to see, okay, if there's somebody else that I can have this, that I can bring in, that's a person of color to help, you know, kind of tag team to help this other person understand, there's no one. So for me, I have to take the initiative. I have to be the one to stand in the room and say, okay, 
um, let me help you in this area so that we can move forward in whatever the project is that we're working on. <laughs> and so that's, I just wanted to share that. That's been my experience. And then I want to just add on, I think you asked a question earlier about how's every, how you're feeling or just what I'm seeing is that, you know, now that this is wide open, that you have a lot of people that are coming in and saying, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What, what, what can I do? And <laughs> it's overwhelming because we were not prepared for this. I mean, this is my, my opinion. We were not prepared for this. This was probably a dream that we had that in our lifetime as women of color, as people of color, that someone would really recognize the injustice and want to stand up and say, hey, I see you. You know, like your invite says, I see you. And, um, and so now people are saying that, and I don't think we're fully prepared for it. And so when you, because now you've got people um, who are um, not colored <laughs> that are just going to any black person they see, any person of color they see, what can I do? What can I do? And you're gonna get all kinds of different uh, responses in that. And then you get frustration and then you also get, um, I think depression because people don't know what they're supposed to say, how are they re to respond? And I appreciate this forum because it is a very, um, I think very thoughtful forum that you've put together so that people can really think out, okay, what should we say? What, could, what should the response be? And who should be giving the response? So just a little bit, just wanted to say that, okay? <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate that because, you know, I think, let me let on you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, I guess, just my sentiments, because you're right. I mean, there's been a lot of like, oh my gosh, well, okay, you guys do this. So like, how can we? And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Has anybody had a conversation to understand like what the need is or like how Black women want to be supported or what exactly the role of an ally is? Like what, you know, I, I think there are just like all of these, you know, questions relative to like, you know, what does a, what does a strategy, and I know I'll put strategy session on there because again, like my hope is that we move to some level of like, okay, like what is, um, like what is a good next step? Like, like what is helpful? And I, and I totally get, like, it's not going to be the same for all of us. I mean, we have entrepreneurs, we have people that have been in corporate for 20 years, people that have been in corporate for, you know, for 10 years, people that have been incorporated and have left and they don't want to go back. Like we got, they, like you have kind of the gamut here, you know? So I, I know it's going to look different for, for everyone, but I think, you know, to your point, like it's the conversation that everyone's trying to have. And I think some people are getting it right. I know Brittany Hall, you mentioned the word performative allyship. I know that I have felt that in some conversations where it just seems like, okay, is this about like the, 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 the issue and, and having a real solution or is this about like positioning you in that conversation so it reflects well on your, you know, organization? So, I mean, I, I, I have felt that too. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, it's like I, you know, tell women I coach to feel like they're the token hire. It's like, okay, you're the token hire in the six-figure role, be a doggone good token. Like, so, you know, there is that level too of like, okay, yes, and, but uh, no, I, I appreciate that. At the same time, it's like, I just really kind of want to understand. So I, I want to kind of open it up here. I know we have several allies that are on the call and one, thank you for being here. Like, thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for um, listening and being open and being curious. Like, I think at the end of the, at the end of the day, that's what all of this is about. 
Like there aren't any teachers in the room. There are no experts on the call. Like all of us are learning, we're growing, we are unlearning a lot. <laughs> uh, we're relearning a lot. Um, and, it, and it definitely is a process. Um, I don't think there's really any getting this right. I think I totally missed, I have a whiteboard in front of me, like ground rules, brave space, transparency, no judgment, no dumb questions, learning zone. So I didn't say that before, I just said it. <laughs> but all, all of that's true. So, so, so feel free to speak up. But I'm curious to the allies that are on the call, like, you know, what are your thoughts and what are, you know, what are some things that you um, maybe don't know that you want to know or questions that you have or kind of, you know, what, what are you thinking? I want to make sure we're, we're creating space for, for, for you all to, to speak as well. So I came because I thought that I would have some friends in the room and that this would be kind of a safe place to speak. This is Jamie Dunham with Brandwise, Lipstick Economy, and some other things. But um, I have had conversations every day for the past two weeks, whether it's my daughter who has people protesting down the middle of her streets in Los Angeles, you know, and, and troops. But I guess the big question that I have is I hopefully have always thought of myself as an ally even before that became an official term but what are the things that people are saying to you that are hurtful now I mean it seems to me that somebody said something about trends it seems to me there are people that are putting up Instagram posts or whatever just to look like they're part of the in crowd now and it seems all so disingenuous. So I'm just really curious about what are the things that sort of trigger to you that somebody is not sincere? For me, and hi, Jamie, this is Christy. Um, I think the thing that has bothered me most, and I preface this by saying, um, and someone mentioned this earlier, saying she felt a little guilty because she felt kind of safe in her bubble. And from a from the standpoint of allies, I also have to admit I feel guilty. I have tremendous, tremendous um, people in general and white women specifically who I have counted as true friends for many, many years that honestly wrapped their arms around me during this time. But I think the things that I have experienced and heard and seen that have been problematic are first and foremost, people who are more interested in proving my experience wrong than listening to what my experience actually is. Um, and there are, you know, we've all encountered them, I think, in different areas of life where someone can share their story and the, the first response out of their mouth what is, but what about this? And well, maybe you need to look at it from that perspective. And, and I think we all do need to look at things from multiple perspectives, but there's also times to just shut up and listen quite honestly and let me share kind of my thoughts and feelings um in a very unfiltered way and then the other thing that i have have seen some um some level of frustration with are people who come with the blanket what can i do without having done any homework and i don't think there are many situations that any of us because you know for the people that i know that are on this call we are all extremely intelligent, extremely capable, extremely knowledgeable in so many areas. Um, and there aren't many situations where we would just walk in blindly without having at least attempted to do some research or attempted to learn. Um, you know, Google is your friend. I saw someone post recently 
So it's one of those things where pay attention to what has happened, is happening, et cetera. And there's a very different, I, I think people get a different reaction when someone comes and says, hey, what can I do versus, hey, I've been looking at things and here's some books that I thought it might be helpful for me to read. Is there anything you would add to this list? Or here's an organization I think it'd be great for me to support. Are there others that I should add to it? And there's that difference in wanting me to do all the work for you versus you doing some of it initially and then I add to it. And, and Jamie, I know you are one who absolutely, you know, you do your homework and, and you are someone that I consider a tremendous ally long before that was a word. So, um, so I think that's the thing that would be helpful. This is Taylor. Hey, hey ladies. Um, thank you for proposing that question, Jamie. First, Brittany, uh, to answer the question that you laid as the foundation of, of the icebreaker. I think I'm probably more triggered now in my life than I've ever been before. Um, this is the first time that I'm saying that. So I've been, I ran away twice to the beach. Uh, I'm still working on getting things together, um, but I think I'm probably more triggered now. And Jamie, I'll share with you why to the other allies, I'll share with you all why. My undergraduate degree experience, I studied comparative women's studies. We didn't just talk about women for four years. We talked about the lens of oppression and how we all have a place of oppression. We've all struggled with an insecurity, whether it was brought on by us as a societal paradigm, we didn't have enough money, we didn't have the class, we didn't have the education, or if it's just an internal battle, struggling with our beauty, struggling with our self-esteem. My biggest trigger currently is the fact that I believe that a lot of people um, who want to be allies are operating out of an elitist privilege intention, as if they need to come and save the day, versus connecting to their own place of that oppression that I studied as a tender 18 through 22 year old girl. Because we all have a place. It doesn't matter if you are white. What kind of white are you? Did you come over on a ship? Did your family have money? Where is the place where you didn't have the privilege? And I think that there's this whiteness and blackness, no. We are all humans, we are all Americans, primarily in America, that's where my focus has been, even though I'm proud of all of the other protests outside of this beautiful country. We all have a place where we are not at the top of the hierarchical standard. And I feel as though people are not connecting to that place and with their intentions. It's almost like, and my husband said it earlier, it's almost starting to look, we have dogs and we've been walking our dogs and we've been seeing a lot of people out protesting, more white people than blacks. I live in Atlanta and we're hearing the conversations. Oh, how was your protest today? And just, I'm trying not to be triggered as I'm walking my dog. Um, but it's like, are you coming from this intention that you can connect this to an experience based off of your history, based off of your own personal self-esteem or your own personal journey of experiencing oppression in any way in your life? Or is this, I'm coming to save the day? And 
I think that if we get back to that as the foundation of everyone's intention, we won't even have to question so much. We'll feel that it's genuine. And, you know, I know we talk about being multi-layered. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I'm not just triggered with, you know, regular white people. I'm triggered with the, with the church, too. For any fellow Christians, I'm triggered with the church, too. And the response is this all lives matter versus black lives matter. It's like just scaring me because I'm wondering if we can all humble ourselves. It's not just black people who are suffering from oppression or have experienced it in any area of their life. If we can humble ourselves and figure out where we have felt that burden, where we have felt oppression within our own hearts, whether it was self-inflicted by perspective or just something that has been caused through our family bloodline, whether you know we're Jewish and experienced the Holocaust or Irish like my great grandfather and came over on a ship, that wasn't fun. There's a place where we all have experienced something and I don't think everyone's starting from there. And sorry for talking so much, but I tried to paint it without getting, I know I'm turning red, but I've been triggered, ladies. I've been triggered. Thank you for that. That was, I, I think that there is too much simplicity in all of this. It's a much more complex issue. So I really appreciate that viewpoint. Thank you, Jamie. Hey, Brittany, can I add something to that? Please. This is Ashley Harlan. So what I feel over the past couple of weeks, last week, I had to take three days off from work because I, I just couldn't do it. And so when I came back today and I had a conversation with my leader, he kind of reiterated what I've been feeling having other conversations that the intent wasn't to make me feel like a victim, but it was like, we're so concerned about you. We just wanted to check on you, make sure you're okay. Just want to see how things are going. We've been seeing the news. And so then I started feeling like this guilt that I needed to take time away to get my mental health together and to get myself together. So when I came back, he continued to say how people were concerned about me and they wanted to make sure I was okay. So it went from me just trying to take care of myself to now, because I'm the only, now all eyes are on me and they think I'm going through this like midlife crisis. And so dealing with that and then when having the conversation and trying to articulate what I am feeling, the guilt that I see on my white counterparts' faces, now I feel like I need to console them because they feel so bad about everything that's going on now the space for me to have my feelings has diminished and now it's about making them feel better about my experience. Hi everyone. Um, I understand that completely what you're saying. Um, I work in a very, very large accounting firm and I had to ask people on our last um, Skype call to please, if we're gonna have this dialogue, to allow people to speak without the assumption that, they, that anything that you might translate as aggression or anger is not towards you. Because in almost every call, there was someone who said, 
I'm feeling like um, I don't really know how to respond because I feel bad because I feel bad. And there was, there were multiple victims by the end of every call. And it was like, if it's an open dialogue, we've been listening to open dialogues for years, years. I was on a call two weeks ago in my same firm and the call was designated for Asian Americans to express their feelings of um, hurt and any types of pain they were feeling from the discrimination that they experienced during COVID. And I sat on that one hour long call and I listened to multiple Asian Americans share their experiences and our firm just complete, like I've ne they until all of the riots started, there was, there were no diet, there was never any dialogue for anybody outside of the Asian community. And so then, um, fast forward to today, there have been multiple calls and people saying they're trying to understand. And I'm thinking to myself, how is it that you ignore the elephant in the room with a large black population of employees that you have and you thought enough to open the door for Asian Americans to feel how they feel and express those feelings in corporate America so that they never felt like they were being left out, ostracized or ignored. But only now because of a riot, you feel like black people have earned the right to speak. And even with that, the fear comes along with it because we never really get that opportunity, especially not without some type of adverse reaction. And even when we do now, we have to deal with people saying how we made them feel. It's very unfortunate. That's good, Tia. Um, I think parameters, I mean, this is Monsheree again. I think parameters, because I, I saw some folks say, you know, it, it gets exhausting on the education front. Um, so we, we want everybody to kind of do their due diligence. And I do think, uh, Jamie, I know Jamie as well, just uh, folks of all walks of life are good people. Um, and so I take that to in, 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 in its understanding at first, before I look at the skin color, I want to see if we can laugh together, first and foremost. And if we can't laugh together, then you're probably not my people. That don't mean you're a bad person. You're just not my people. And I think we, we got to find a way to not be responsible, but at the same time be responsible because we have to heal too. Um, I think telling our, if we tell any story about ourselves and we tell anything is that, you know, it's, they need to see and feel what we already feel before we educate them on what they should be doing. And if we don't translate or transcript that information, then they'll never know. Because you can say, hey, we just want you to do this. And like Christy said, you know, it, it can't be, you know, weak-willed. It needs to put some effort behind it. And there will be a lot of people who are just going to dip a little bit of the ink in and do a little bit, and then that's it. But I think if we do a better job of articulating, our, which we have been doing, our Blackness, who we are as Black women, uh, what we bring to the table, in this current climate, I'm not saying we haven't been doing it, in this current climate, at the same time as saying, you know, usually I would get this from you. I posted on social media early in the week, like we don't have to code switch anymore. And it was a joke, but I'm also very, people know me, I'm also very like stern about certain things. I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I own my own business, I've done the corporate thing 15 years, I know it. And the whole idea was, like, we don't have to code switch anymore. Let's just go ahead. If they, if they want to listen now, then we have every right to kind of articulate as we are, who we are, and why, and why we are. And that's what, I'm, that's what I mean when I say we don't have to educate too much. Step back, take, take a listen, and learn from us. And then if, and if you want to share anything, share who you really are. 
I think one of the simple strategies, and this is just super boiled down basic, um, a girlfriend of mine who I love, love, love dearly, and she happens to be a, a white, a white woman. She, and she has been an ally all of her life. Her family is an ally and, you know, she is very frustrated with white America just now wanting to step up, you know, and be, become allies. So, but we were having a conversation and she was talking to me about a couple of her roommates and kind of their skewed viewpoints on everything. And she said, you know, it just can be so frustrating when I've been in this space for very, for all of my life. And I, I come, you know, and I said, and she said, um, and sometimes I just don't know even what to say to them because they're so far to the left. And I said, you know, I think one of the basic things that you can do is when you, when you're in a room and I'm not with you as your friend who happens to be a black woman, when our friend Jabari is not with you, that you just step up and you be the voice for your community, for your community of black people that you know, you know, and that's just, that's just the basic. If it becomes, if it's too overwhelming for you as a white person to take on all of the black community, who are those two to three people that you know? Who are those two to three people that you love? Um, and if you don't have that, that's a different conversation that needs to be had. But if, but start there. Start by when I'm not in the room, standing up, advocating, really being an ally for your for your small community of 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 black people. So that was just like something that that's that I think is really simple. Um, and you know, it's good to think it's good to keep things simple in times like this. Sometimes for um, white people who are just now become like learning about this and beginning to understand understand this. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. We have about um, five minutes before the top of the hour, and I definitely want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, I want to read. Christy has a comment in here in terms of a list of what can be done. I'm going to launch a poll real quick. Um, so if you would just kind of let me know your thoughts um, on that quick question. Um, I believe women, black women are supported at my organization. Um, yes, no, somewhat. Um, so Christy says, what you need to remember is racism is built into the fabric of this country. This isn't new and it isn't isolated. We didn't create this situation, but it will take all of us to change it. Black people are tired, all caps, period. We are frustrated, angry, and scared. We are processing our feelings and legitimate fears and can't be responsible for your guilt and sadness on top of it. We didn't teach racism, so we can't unteach it. Each person is responsible for their own education and actions. Love, love, love that list. And y'all, there, there are tons of resources. I mean, um, I, I didn't feel the need to have a list in this form because it's so easily accessible. Um, I will throw out the book, White Fragility. Um, it's a great one that kind of hits on this last topic that we were talking about in terms of like um, the response sometimes of our um, white friends when we talk about the conversation of, of race. But I think one of the things that's so amazing about this time, and I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I, I gotta look for a silver lining it, it, in this. Um, it, it is an awakening unlike one that I've experienced in my lifetime relative to, I was having a conversation earlier today um, with the gentleman that was saying, you know, he has almost gotten off of Facebook because of people in his community that have, when other instances like this have happened, have had things to say that he thought were foolish. And to see the perspective shift, like to see the opposite perspective with 
everything that's happening now, um, you know, brings about a glimmer of hope. And so I think I, I would agree with that. I think we have some opportunity. Um, I, I want to just wrap up with like, what are some ways you, um, for, you know, for the, for the black women that are part of this call, and I wanted this to be intentional around, you know, how do we really support in terms of like action and like what that looks like. So I have two things. One, I would just want to open it up. So if a few of you want to share, like what are some ways that we can really support black women beyond the social media posts and saying that we support uh, black women? What does that look like in terms of real impact? Um, so just a few thoughts on that. And then I'm also going to throw in the chat a link to an ask and give. Um, if you've, some of you may be familiar with, with ask and give, um, let's reset. So, and I'll get to thoughts on this. So, um, this form literally has like first name, last name, um, email address, Instagram handle, LinkedIn handle, ask meaning, and let me just share my screen really quick, just to make this like, um, just really, really clear, um, in terms of kind of what I was thinking when I typed this out. So I kind of put my, I put one for me as an example. So ask meaning like it would be great to receive support in this area, whatever that is for you. So for me, um, I'm in the midst of planning a an allyship something. So it's really a part two from the conference conversation that was referenced earlier um, on Juneteenth, um, which is January the 19th this year. It's a Friday. Um, and I really want it to be a citywide event. So uh, we have some connections with the mayor's office. I really want to um, get his office tied into this because I think the conversation needs to happen broader than this um, and I need some help to pull that off so that's my ask um, and then in terms of gives um, I love personal branding it's what I do in terms of coaching messaging so if you need help with that I'd be willing to, to help out with that so that's kind of how this goes like your ask is like what is something that you need specifically um, give what is something that you're willing to give and let me just be even more specific I will do a 30 minute free call on that topic. So I'll, I'll go in and edit that, but I'm going to drop the link to this, um, form. And if you would, um, fill it out, share your ask and give. And as we wrap up, I just want to throw it out here. What does support look like for you in terms of having some real tangible, um, impact relative to supporting black women? This is, uh, this is Nikisha Pratt, uh, I would say what someone said earlier about um, opening doors, but I would also say if you are in a position of power using your voice, using your finances to support a black woman. So for example, I was on a conference call today and something that I have been saying and always have been saying is about the importance of diversity in marketing, you know, making sure that images, um, your tone, your uh, message is um, diverse and speaks to all ethnicities in a positive manner. And so something I feel like I say all the time in terms of marketing, but it wasn't until a white female on our call spoke up that everybody was like, oh yes, uh, yeah, we, we, right, we need, we'll go back and look at that. And I'm thinking, I have been saying this for three years. And so I think even something as what may seem as simple as you co-signing uh, when a black woman is, especially when it's something we are adamant about, we are vehement about, that you know is the right thing to do and our voice is not being heard. Sometimes it is simple as saying, 
I agree with Nikisha. I, this is really important to me. I want to make sure that we are doing X, Y, Z. And so sometimes it is just uh, being firm. Uh, it is sometimes co-signing. And then as others have said, opening that door to where that say it is something I've said is really important and we really need to get done, but you know the person who I need to be in front of to make that happen, then making that email introduction, making that phone call, even if it's sitting on the phone call for a first few minutes and on the Zoom and you dropping off so that we can then continue the conversation. That's where I feel like the real change will happen is how do you make sure that you are amplifying our voices or getting our voices heard where they're not currently at? Any other thoughts? That was good, Nikisha. Mm -hmm. I see Tia in the chat says, bring the supportive energy to every round table, square table call or meeting. If you don't see enough diversity being represented at all levels in your space, say something. That is so good. So, so good. Tiffany, are you saying something? Yes, um, so my neighbors, their children are running up and down in the hallway, so I'm trying to meet myself a little bit. Um, but just speaking for Black women, we have to love on each other a lot more. You know, this whole conversation is such an onion for me, and every day I feel something different. And I, I hate to use bottom of the totem pole, but since it's the cliche statement, that's where we are. And that just happens to be the strongest point. But I feel like we feel unseen, even when we look at each other. So if we can acknowledge each other more, we don't know what's happening at work. When we see each other outside of this girl, I see you. Sometimes that gives somebody just the boost and the energy to say, I can make it a few more days with whatever that's going on. Um, it, I saw, you know, the social media post that's going around that says that I'm a woman and we don't break each other down. I don't know a word for word, but Mona Scott Young posted it and everybody's like, homegirl, wait. You are the queen of love and hip hop where <laughs> that is your whole narrative, you know? And it's the reality of what's happening on TV. We need to step so far out of, out of that and love on each other more than we've ever done before. So I just, I just wanted to say that. I love that. I'm giving y'all a virtual hug right now. <laughs> that is so good. Thank you, Tiffany, for sharing that. Um, any thoughts in terms of like, next steps or where we go from here definitely please please share your thoughts um on the ask and give but like what would you like to see as a next step um from this conversation Brittany this is Fallon Brassel I um I just love the space that we're in now in terms of everyone having something like this at the forefront of their mind. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, for so many people in our population, like this has been an eye-opening experience, but I think the majority of us can agree that it's been our day-to-day -day for all of our lives. And so I think right now, it's really important to keep the conversation going. I saw some um, a post um, on social media that said something to the effect of, you know, you have to see um, allyship as more than a social media trend or like a, a challenge or something like that. Um, and so I think in terms of next step is just even if it's, you know, um, 
Jamie, I think you mentioned earlier just all the conversations that you're having, not letting the conversations get old or get stale or die or letting whatever the next news sensation take over um, and just doing your part to, to always keep issues like this at the front of um, front of mind, I love where someone said, like, if you see something, say something. Like, if you're in a space and you know you see someone being treated unfairly or you see um, diversity is lacking, just not letting the torch on this die. And I think that's just so important to just keep it going because this is a really great place where we are, where everyone is acknowledging something that we as a people have experienced for such a long time and it's gone unnoticed for a really long time. I also would like to share, um, you know, putting my HR hat on, right? And we see the data points of why people stay places and retention and what it means for happy employees. And a lot of people think it's compensation and, and um, fringe benefits, but really the number one piece is recognition. And so I think a lot of times speaking towards that grace, because a lot of us are navigating this new space. And so, you know, you, you are angry, but you, but you do know people doing the work, both white, black, and other, that I feel should be recognized because when it's authentic, they're able to share their story and others that look like them will listen more a lot, <laughs> a lot of times better than when we say it, right? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a case study where I learned how Japanese class it, classrooms were very intentional on having having Japanese teachers because their children flourish more. Um, a lot of times, when the message comes from one of your own, it does mean something. You know, I see myself in you. And when we do, when we're asking, you know, to be in rooms, I do think we need to recognize. Um, um, you know, just the people that are doing the work with us. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's so new. This whole thing is just a brave new world. You know, I don't know. But I was thinking about that. The recognition does, does kind of take away some of that angst for a lot of us so we can have the, the conversation and you know who your authentic leaders are speaking towards this and then giving other people permission to unlearn their behavior and learn new behaviors from people that look like them. So good. So, so good. Thank you for that, Jasmine. Um, I did have another ask <laughs> that just crossed my mind. I know we have some connections here and I have some connections too. I need to do a better job on my end, but um, I don't know. I just keep having this vision of like, a room full of white men <laughs> having this conversation and I'm having a hard time tapping into where those people are um, outside of just organizations um, that I get to work with. Um, I know a lot of them are at the Rotary. So um, for those of you that have connections, I mean, I would really love to have a conversation around like what this conversation of allyship looks like in that setting, because at the end of the day, um, we have that conversation and it's great. Um, but oftentimes mid-level managers at organizations where culture happens, where it takes place for us, um, beyond the CEO communications and beyond the ERG, you know, staff that are not getting paid for all the work that they're doing, um, the culture is being built by those mid-level managers who are, you know, doing a check in the box, unconscious bias training, and then they go on about their business. So listen, I would love to um, have a conversation around like um, for those that are in position that oftentimes don't look like the majority of us on this call 
um, what does it look like to have a conversation with a, a room of that demographic? Because um, I think uh, too that 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 that's where the that's where the transformation happens as well. So listen, I could talk about this all night, but I want to be respectful of y'all's time. Listen again, y'all. I literally yesterday was like. I want to do this, but like, I don't know, because it's the next day. And listen, I appreciate y'all showing up. Um, I appreciate y'all excusing me just coming as I am tonight, because y'all, I couldn't, like, it's just been a day. But like, this has like revived me. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing. Um, I will send out the replay because there were a few um, ladies that couldn't join that asked for it. So I'll send out the link to that. I will send out the link to the asking gives as well. So make sure you check that out. Um, and if all hearts and minds are clear. That's the Baptist girl in me. Um, we will be dismissed. Thank y'all. Have a good night.